It's Thursday, May 25th, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm Adam B. Levine, here again with your daily news roundup. On today's show, we're talking Bitcoin, top headlines, and more. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Bitcoin and Ether are down as risk assets sell off across the board, and BTC's recent price slide may have legs according to technical analysis by alternative asset management fund Valkyrie Investments. The leading cryptocurrency by market value has declined by about 10% this month, including a slide this week of nearly 4%, thanks in part to renewed bets that the Fed will remain hawkish, a recovery in the US dollar index, and lingering US debt ceiling uncertainty, which is not terribly surprising. According to Valkyrie, a further decline towards $24,000 may be in the cards, as Bitcoin's daily chart Ichimoku Cloud, a momentum indicator, has flipped bearish. Quote, a price close within the cloud is suggestive of losing cloud support and triggers the possibility of traversing to the opposite, lower edge of the cloud. In this case, an edge-to-edge trade would bring prices to about $24,000, said the firm. Continuing, this suggests an ongoing high time frame bullish trend with a decline in bullish momentum and the potential for near-term retrenchment. End quote. Bitcoin's option market, meanwhile, is showing a bias towards weakness beyond six months for the first time since early March, as the U.S. debt ceiling drama continues. The six-month call put skew, which effectively measures the difference between what investors will pay for a six-month bet on the price of Bitcoin going up, or on the other hand down, has declined to its lowest level since March 13th, according to Amber data. And that development is consistent with recent flows in the S&P 500 that show traders paying up to protect against downside volatility. Growing uncertainty over debt ceiling negotiations that are taken very seriously by the smartest folks in the room has impacted the cost of government debt, where the one-year yield has risen to a record high above 6%, according to data provided by TradingView. Rating agency Fitch has put the U.S. on credit watch for a possible downgrade amid the debt ceiling impasse. And credit default swaps, a kind of insurance against default, are diverging sharply from its similarly rated peers already. That suggests the markets are concerned that a default could really be in the cards, even as the U.S. has so far maintained its now AA rating. It'll be an interesting month ahead. The interest rate that the federal government has to pay on newly issued 10-year debt has jumped to 3.76% this month. Many market participants are moving into cash, which is pushing the dollar index, which measures the greenback against a basket of other government currencies, up by about 10% in just a month. In Washington, the minutes of the Federal Reserve's early May meeting hit yesterday and have markets preparing for yet another interest rate hike. Frequent listeners will remember that from just one year ago, that core rate that's so important in essentially every market from banking to housing is up a staggering 1,900%. That's the fastest rate of increase on record, which has led to a number of significant failures as the cost of money goes from being effectively free to wildly expensive over an extraordinarily short period of time, with all the implications and chaos that implies. But I digress. Quote, Macro still dominates. Marcus Thielen, head of research and strategy at crypto services provider Matrixport, said in a note to clients this morning. And finally, portions of the NFT world are abuzz about so-called space pepes. And yes, those are the pixelated pictures of the eponymous frog, but in space. The Bitcoin-based collection became the most traded non-fungible token or NFT series over a seven-day period, according to data from CryptoSlam, with over $7.3 million worth of the frogs being traded. Weekly volume for the collectibles was higher than many popular mainstays, including the Board Ape Yacht Club, and highlights a growing trend of Bitcoin-based artwork and collectibles gaining popularity. Today's crypto coverage comes courtesy of Coindesk Markets Analysts, Amkar Gudblay, Lila Ledesma, Shuri Amawa, and James Rubin. 
Bitcoin is currently trading at $26,394. That's down about 3.3% since our show on Wednesday, while Ether is trading at $1,801 per token. That's down 2.75% over the same time period, according to the Coindesk Market Index. And speaking of the Coindesk Market Index, we're looking at an absolute reading this morning of 1,171. That compares against Wednesday's reading of 1,208 and represents a just over 3% loss across top traded tokens on the day. Shifting to traditional markets, in the U.S., indexes were lower compared to our Wednesday show. The S&P 500 and the Nasdaq Composite each fell by 1.5%, while the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost just over a point. In Europe, the trend was the same, with the regional stock 600, London's FTSE 100, and Germany's DAX each falling around 2%. In Asia, the trend was also the same, but a little bit lumpier. China's Hang Seng Index fell by 3.5%, while the Shanghai Composite lost nearly 1.5 points. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 fell by half a point. In commodities markets, Brent crude, that's the international benchmark for oil, rose by three quarters of a point, priced at roughly $77.25 per barrel. Gold, meanwhile, dropped by just over a percent, currently changing hands at $1,943 per troy ounce. And finally, First Republic, that's the bank stock we're tracking as an ongoing indicator of the monetary policy-induced banking crisis of 2023, fell by more than 16% since Wednesday. Still down more than 99% compared to the start of the year and currently priced at 30 cents per share. Yikes. Today's traditional markets coverage draws from MarketWatch. Are smart contracts property? Are holders of a protocol's token members of an unincorporated association? Is banning open source software an attack on free speech? Those are some of the questions before a U.S. court in Austin, Texas, as a lawsuit from a group of crypto engineers and investors in response to federal sanctions placed on the Tornado Cash protocol comes closer to having its day in court. In court filings out late yesterday, the plaintiffs in the case argued that the U.S. Department of Treasury's sanctions against the privacy protocol violates the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, or IEEPA, by failing to correctly identify a foreign national and property related to Tornado Cash, and by not demonstrating sanctionable interest in immutable open-source smart contracts. Quote, The department has failed to establish that the immutable smart contracts can be owned, the filing reads. They also argued that the Treasury's definition of Tornado Cash as an unincorporated association does not meet the test for such an association. Quote, There's nothing in the record to suggest that those token holders have combined to execute the supposed common purpose of operating, promoting, or updating the Tornado Cash privacy protocol, the filing said. Should the Treasury's actions be authorized, the defendants argue that it would infringe on the First Amendment here in the U.S. due to its broad nature. Quote, the department's actions violate the First Amendment's free speech clause as it prohibits plaintiffs and thousands of other law-abiding American citizens from interacting with open-source code to engage in a wide range of speech protected by the First Amendment, reads the docket. While Tornado Cash has often been described as the tool of choice for hackers to obfuscate their gains, such as with the Crypto.com compromise last January or the transit finance hack, law enforcement experts have previously cautioned that this doesn't necessarily make it complicit in money laundering, which is, of course, one of the allegations. In the court filing, the plaintiffs argue that the evidence Tornado Cash is a tool for money laundering is weak, noting that the Treasury has only given, quote, three examples of money laundering found for millions of transactions, end quote. In a related story in the Netherlands, a Tornado Cash developer who was arrested for his participation in the creation of the open source protocol continues to face a trial of her money laundering allegations related to it. On Wednesday, he won the right to cross-examine the blockchain analytics company Chainalysis, which is often cited as a source of on-chain evidence during court cases. This is an important story that's much bigger than its subject matter, and it's one we'll be watching. 
Meanwhile, Tools for Humanity, that's the team behind WorldCoin, which is run in part by OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, landed Series C funding worth $115 million in a round full of big names. The project is currently in beta and is being built around the so-called decentralized world ID and the WorldCoin token. It's at least a little worth talking about because it says what it's attempting to solve is the distributed identity problem, where one person can pretend to be many, which makes it hard to avoid scammers in a universal basic income system, which WorldCoin purportedly aspires to be. It does that using so-called orbs, which are essentially devices that effectively scan a user's eyes to establish identity and then pay their eyeballs some money. The project says it's onboarded nearly 2 million people already as it continues to build out its basic infrastructure. Meanwhile, a black market for WorldCoin identities quickly emerged on Chinese social media and e-commerce sites. Sellers were offering KYC verifications for the World app, which offers wallet and ID services. According to the reports, the credentials often come from developing countries like Cambodia or Kenya. The company says that there have only been a couple hundred such instances, at least based on their ability to detect them. Similar black markets for credentials for crypto exchanges and other apps exist in the Chinese internet ecosystem. Crypto trade, of course, has various restrictions in mainland China, but traders are accustomed to finding ways to get around those barriers. The existence of the black market and so quickly seems to undermine one of WorldCoin's fundamental purposes, to create and spread globally a blockchain-based identification method that uses iris recognition. To sign up, users have to visit a local WorldCoin representative and have their irises scanned by a futuristic metal orb, which they say then anonymizes their data and stores it locally. According to the Chinese crypto site Blockbeat, fake iris scans can cost as little as $20. In bankruptcy news, crypto consortium Fahrenheit, and yes, that's kind of a funny name here, has won a bid to acquire insolvent lender Celsius Network, whose assets were previously valued at around $2 billion. That's according to court filings out early this morning. The group will acquire Celsius's institutional loan portfolio, staked cryptocurrencies, mining unit, and additional alternative investments, and must pay a deposit of $10 million within three days to cement the deal, according to filings. A consortium of buyers, including VC firm Arrington Capital and minor U.S. Bitcoin Corp., Fahrenheit was selected as a successful bidder following a lengthy auction process. Under the terms of the deal, the newly formed company will get between $450 and $500 million in liquid cryptocurrency, and U.S. Bitcoin Corp. will construct a range of crypto mining facilities, including a new 100-megawatt plant. Elsewhere, Terraform Labs co-founder Do Kwan will remain in detention while he faces charges of falsifying official documents in Montenegro, according to a court statement out this morning. Although the so-called basic court in the country's capital had initially accepted a bail proposal from Kwan's lawyers, Bloomberg reported that a higher court had later annulled that decision. So that means that although he had planned to pay some 400,000 euros to be held in house arrest on May 17th, Kwan, among others, are still stuck in jail. And finally, the latest contender for the leadership of the Republican Party has said that he is an advocate for crypto. Quote, the current regime clearly has it out for Bitcoin, Ron DeSantis said during a Twitter space hosted by Elon Musk, in which he officially announced his bid for U.S. president. Continuing the quote, and if it continues for another four years, they'll probably end up killing it. End quote. DeSantis said that he views crypto as a question of civil liberties. And it's interesting to note that's basically the same way that Democratic presidential candidate Robert Kennedy Jr. characterized it as well during recent comments. According to most polling, DeSantis is the second most popular candidate on the Republican side of the table, obviously behind former President Donald Trump, while Kennedy holds the same seat across the aisle. And their numbers actually aren't that bad, especially compared to effectively going up against two incumbents. But just zooming in, the focus on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency more broadly is interesting and not something that I would have expected to be happening in this current moment in the world of politics. But it is. (music) 
And that's our show for today. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, send the show an email at podcast at coindesk.com or you can email me directly at adamlevine at coindesk.com. If you like what we're doing, we always appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts or your preferred listening platform. Have a great rest of your day and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Markets Daily.